Hello and welcome to another episode. Today we start with the topic, Battlebit's success proves that graphics don't matter. How many of you have played this game called Battlebit? So it's the big thing right now on Steam. It's got 60,000 viewer playing right now at a 82,000 peak. It's uh, really popped off, it's just come out. And I saw it first with game ranks here and I was like, as everyone has joked, it just looks like Roblox Battlefield. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, I suppose. They didn't really say how popular it was, but then I saw this other video by this Habby147 guy, and it is legitimately just like a Roblox-looking battlefield. The reason why I found this interesting was because the game is just mechanics, no graphics, and it's doing this well. It's like beating Battlefield, especially because the newest one was so garbage, at its own game, and it's got no graphics. Maybe it does highlight, again, that gameplay is largely all that matters, right? It's like how I love Noisa, and it looks like shit. Well, it doesn't look like shit, but I mean, it's, it's pixel art, whatever, right? Like a lot of AAA companies seem to be putting so much money into making the game look so good, but then the mechanics are garbage and it fails. Because I guess making things look good simply requires you to like, what, more copy real life? Whereas to make like game mechanics requires some innovative ideas. It's probably more difficult, I imagine. But as Couch says, imagine the trash talk if Battlefield looked 20 years old. Exactly. They've set a standard for themselves now, and so, like, imagine if GTA 6 came out and it looked worse than, say, GTA 4. That's all people would talk about. But I would argue, I still think it'd be successful. I think, ultimately, it is the gameplay that matters. I think the graphics draw people in, but for most people, as long as the game plays well, that's what matters. And I think Battlebit is demonstrating that to some degree. I made some mistakes in my GTA 5 mission tier list video. So I released my tier list video. It was a video that I wasn't particularly hopeful would do very well. It was more like a video that was just long overdue. So I'm like, well, I'll do it now. But I think it turned out pretty well. And it's currently my best performing video of my last 10. It, it, it probably hit like half a million views over the month. One thing that annoyed me though, is it was a new editor working on it. So a handful of things were really rough about it. So I had to put in some effort to, to fix those things. One thing that they did wrong was that a handful of times you didn't actually get to see where I put the mission on the board because I didn't explicitly say this is going in C. So they just didn't show me putting it there. So I fixed that, you know, the nine times they missed that. But I missed one on the offshore Merriweather, I think it was. You don't actually get to see me put it in C. So I hope like half an hour in people weren't like, what? What did he rank that as? I don't understand. It annoyed me watching it back. Another thing that annoyed me is in the title, I'm like, I played the game for 10,000 hours, but anyone who doesn't know me, who sees this video, will be like, why the fuck is this guy playing this game for 10,000 hours? At the beginning of the video, I don't talk about how I'm a speedrunner and I've done a lot of stuff in GTA and like I've done pacifist and, and no damage and stuff. I just assume you guys know that, and so I just jump into doing it. And then throughout the video, I mention that I've done these things, but when you're making a video, you're meant to make it for uh, your audience and new people as well, because you want to captivate new people. And by not being like, hey, you guys, I've got 10,000 hours in this single player game. I probably lost some people that I wouldn't have otherwise lost. Like making intros is really hard, chat. Really hard. One thing that interested me was people's various disagreements in regards to how I rank missions. For example, I think the long stretch is an S tier mission because it's the first big shootout in the game and has that amazing track playing while you, while you mow down the ballers in the dark hallways. It has its own unique feel and it's just perfect. Did I put it in S? No, I put it in A. But like he's mentioning here, the amazing track. I have said before that the ambience music in GTA 5 is some of the best, right? But I don't remember any of it because I have the music turned off. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I remember this from like way back in the day when I used to 
use the GTA music, but I can't give additional points to the missions for that because I don't remember it. Like multiple times, different people mentioned like all the amazing music. For me, missions like Chop and Minor Turbulence go instantly to S just because of the music. Adding background music to missions is actually introduced in GTA 5. And it works really well. So a handful of times people disagree with me because they value the music while I don't because I can't hear it. Another point that people mentioned is I put Franklin and Lamar in A in large part because even if the gameplay isn't that good, it does introduce the characters really well. Like it gets you interested, like who are these guys? What are they doing? And you get to know them very quickly in an interesting way. But another person pointed out like it also introduced you to the city in a very interesting way. That sprawling look at the entire city, you get an instant feel of where you are, what's going on kind of thing. And then you drive through it in a way that like, again, introduces you to the city, the bustling life of it. Like, yeah, once you add that in, maybe I could have put that in S as well. I do think the opening missions of GTA 5 are pretty strong. Music does a good job of keeping you interested when otherwise it may be boring or nothing is going on. As I've gone forward in my YouTube career, I've come to understand how much just good music elevates footage. If you look back at my earlier pacifist episodes, I will just be speaking, there'll be no music, no audio from the game, and it feels so dead to me these days. Like there are certainly scenes where you want that, where you just want your voice, you want everything to be quiet, you want to hammer home these points, but these need to be specific choices relevant to scenes. But back then, that's just all I knew how to do them, the, the style that I was doing at the time. And I didn't evolve from that for years. Like the episode I'm working on right now for Pacifist, which will be the very, very last episode of the footage that I recorded in 2020, I find while editing it, that I'll edit a scene and I'm like, this scene seems kind of dull. Do I really need it? Then I'll add some music and I'll be like, oh, this scene's great. Love it. <laughs> oh, another thing that I didn't like in the tier list video, again, because it was a new editor who likely didn't know that I have other copies of footage, for a handful of the missions, they use the GTA series footage that's on YouTube. Like, I have no problems with that ethically because it's not even really their footage. I mean, it's the fucking game and it's only a few clips anyway. But I've always thought it's so obnoxious that they put this watermark on what is ultimately just recordings of cutscenes in GTA 5. That's just insane. It's not creative work or something. But I have this footage in higher quality that they could have used, but I just didn't have time to sub in all of the footage that I have. It was frustrating when new editors have issues and they work to solve it, which is often is very good that they do that, but other times it's better they just ask and I'd be able to solve for them in a heartbeat, infinitely better, but uh, they just don't. But I suppose it's on me a bit as well because I fixed a lot of things in this video, I just didn't have time to fix this. So I'm happy the video is doing well, I might see if I can do some more tier lists, maybe a, a general character one rather than just based on appearances with one that I did before. We'll see what happens in the future. Threads is joining forces with Master Don. This is interesting from Disco. Speaking of threads, soon you'll be able to follow and interact with people on other Fediverse platforms like Mastodon. They can also find you with your full username. So for this person, for example, at DiscoDragon for the win at threads.net. That's interesting. In the same way that smaller entities will often gang up, pool their resources in order to uh, try to take out the big dog. I guess that's what's happening here. Does Mastodon really have a big enough user base for it to matter to threads? Because didn't threads get like 50 million signups in a week or something? Oh, Threads has 100 million now. I mean, ultimately, I guess it's just in Threads' best interest to give people a reason to move away from Twitter, their main competitor. Yeah, so it seems a good move for Threads, the little that I see there. What made you sign up on Threads, since you generally seem to be, ah, uh, a conservative person for getting new social media accounts in general? Am I? I work in the social media business that requires me in some ways to jump onto any social media platform that comes into existence. But I've been very vocal in that I don't like the direction that Twitter is headed and I don't like the person who's running Twitter. That does make threads a better service. I will use threads 
the nanosecond, it becomes a better service. Mainly having an iPad app and a desktop app and uh, no longer showing me Arabic posts. Feel free to follow me on threads, guys. I have posted some stuff there and I'll continue to do that. These places in the world have the most YouTube subscribers. In a recent video on my main channel, I talked about YouTube Creator Awards and how many there were. And it turns out new data about them has just come out that are likely more accurate and even better than the ones I used, which sucks because I, I missed it by a week. The numbers I used were within 10% or something, so it's not a big deal. But So this shows in the world where all the silver play buttons are. You can see United States and India being the biggest, followed by Brazil, Indonesia, South Korea, Vietnam, and Japan. United States has 60,000 and India has 70,000. And you see little Australia down here, that's me. You got 2,500. Cool little infographic. That shows you gold. Gold basically matches silver, which is not surprising, right? The place that are getting the most silver probably get getting the most gold. So the United States has 8,000. India has 8,000. And little Australia down here costs 300. For diamond, now there's just some countries that don't even have a diamond play button because diamond play button is 10 million subs, just for those who don't know. Gold is a million and silver is 100,000. Sorry if you didn't know that. So United States has 418 and India has 280 diamond. And Australia down here got nine. That'll be me one day, chat, when I break into someone's house and steal their diamond play button. <laughs> Custom ones are for like particular channels. Like they made one for Marvel or something, things like that. Red diamond is 100 million. So United States has four, India has two, Japan has one. I wonder who the one in Japan is. But yeah, you can see like the breakdown here of who's like in the lead on various different things. And it does seem as though India's in the lead. I guess that's why people like Mr. Beast are so keen to have their stuff redubs. Oh, PewDiePie is in Japan? Maybe the button moves with him. Okay, fair, fair good point, fair good point. Like he changed his account to say he's in Japan or something. But yeah, if you want to take a look at this more, feel free. I was just annoyed that that is a much better way to show the data I was interested in in that video that came out afterwards. From now on, everyone will get a happy birthday from me. So I talked before about how I wanted to reply to people who asked me to wish them a happy birthday with the same tweet every time. But I think what I tried to do is use the tweet that I gave that person previously. I've thought of a much better solution now. I tweeted out, happy birthday. I made a bookmark here so I can instantly go to this happy birthday. And on my profile, I even pins the tweet it just says happy birthday. I wasn't getting that many sales from having my merch advertised there more than likely. And so if you personally want me to wish you happy birthday, I will 100% share you this tweet. I've maximized my efficiency in wishing people happy birthday by like 10,000%. These are the big ideas that you need to have to be a big time content creator. So if it's your birthday day, feel free to tweet at me on Twitter and I'll uh, give that. I can't stop ruining my sleeping pattern. I was like two hours before I was going to bed, right? And I was like, I'm hungry. I gotta get some food. I'm just gonna get a few small things, just a couple, you know, me go to McDonald's, just get, grab a few things. I end up getting myself eight mozzarella sticks, which is a new thing that McDonald's has here. Don't know if you guys have it. It comes with a tomato chili sauce. And I got myself like a large cheeseburger meal. Like I spent 20 bucks and I'm like, why did I eat so much food? It's just gonna ruin my sleeping. And it did, I knew it did. Why did I do that? It's just dumb. When I'm not waking up in the AMs or whatever, or when I'm waking up like 3 a.m. like I did today, like I don't need to be making that even worse myself by eating somewhere close to when I go to bed. It's just dumb. Like if you, eating close when you go to bed ruins your sleep, chat. If you don't know that, now you know. You can probably do it when you're like 20, but anytime after that, it just gets worse over, over your, your life. But McDonald's has mozzarella sticks now. Do you guys have that in your countries? Like cheese sticks with a like crumb stuff on them. No? You got that to look forward to. As long as they're successful in Australia, which they're going to be because I will personally buy them all. New evidence. Does growing a YouTube channel require no luck? So as you know, 
A long time ago, I made a video, actually two videos, about Ludwig's Is It Luck or Success Succeeding on YouTube video. It's one of his most popular videos. One thing that video did achieve is it inspired a variety of people, I don't know how many, to actually go and do that, to make new channels and do their best to make the best video they can and to put it on that channel and see what happens. One person who did this is named JHXC64. And so he released this video, a video that I saw, I may have even mentioned it on Rambles, I'm not even sure. Why YouTube intros are dying. So it got 600,000 views four months ago. Unfortunately though, he had another channel where he had like 5,000 subscribers, channel wasn't doing that well. And he'd been around in the YouTube sphere for like five years or something, learning some skills as he went. And so making this new channel, putting this video here, it popped off. Didn't get any help. He didn't advertise it all that much, but he did a little bit on his main channel. But of course, it's like hundreds of people maybe. It does demonstrate, as I say, that small videos do get promotion on YouTube and therefore can pop off. Unfortunately, his follow-up videos didn't do as well. That video he did got 300,000, the next one 6,000, then 27,000, 3,000, 1,000. One of his most recent videos three weeks ago got 3,000, right? So it's not like he's nothing. It's, it's good to get a few thousand views on your videos, but obviously he's not repeating the same 100K success. But he's made this video now talking about what inspired the making of this channel, and it was Ludwig's video. And this got 62,000. So it does demonstrate that obviously the quality of the content that you make does matter, but whether or not you're going to pop off in the algorithm, get some viewership and all that stuff. So in response to his video, I said, hey, congrats on the success, mate. I was one of those who saw your video that popped off and one of my mods informed me of this video, which directly relates to a video I made. So I wanted to give you some thoughts due to having researched this a bit. And one minute and 30 seconds, you say, the algorithm did eventually pick it up, referring to Ludwig's video. Okay, I hope you guys know context of what was in Ludwig's video. He made a video on a brand new channel and then got Mizkif to react to it to make it blow up in the algorithm. And he said, hey, you can do this too. But you have to watch my full video to explain the problems with it, but I do go into it a bit here. It is true that Ludwig's video blew up, but unlike your video having this occur naturally, for Ludwig, this was only because he promoted it on his main channel. After Mizkif watched the video, it got 2.5k useless views with no watch time, and it was effectively dead. However, a few days later, Ludwig mentioned on his podcast that the video existed, and this is what caused the spike of searches, hitting it to 11k and boosting it in the algorithm. I have spoken to Ludwig and he claims he was unaware that he tainted his results, so when he made his video attributing this growth all to his method, it was merely an error. It was however an error he has done little to dissuade people on, and the video itself had many comments showcasing they found the video through the promotion he gave it, so I question how he missed it at all. The main flaw of Ludwig's video is that it does take luck to succeed, because it takes luck to get skill. You need to be in the right place at the right time to get the right information and to have the right variables to survive long enough to get it. It took Mr. Beast five years to grow successful. It took me a whole six years. Hell, it took Ludwig about as long. We were each passionate driven people, but you do need things to coincidentally go your way and not everyone has half a decade of their lives to throw away on trying to become successful online. What most people need is an idea, a spark of inspiration that leads them to see an opening in the market, an idea that hasn't been capitalized on. Whether it be Mr. Beast saying he would be trying random things and stumbling onto spectacle videos, or me happening to see Whitwick speedrunning GTA 5 and thinking, maybe I can do that too. Mr. Beast once upon a time said, I think I might quit, and I almost had to quit for financial reasons. There were dozens of things that had to go just right for me to still be here and not working as a counselor in the public sector or something. People who grow successful here tend to be quite lucky already in the place they happen to be in life, as not all life circumstances are really conducive to grinding YouTube. Saying luck isn't involved at all in succeeding on YouTube is very different than saying if you have sufficient skill, you can make a successful video on a new channel. 
A person who has already succeeded as a surgeon and has 20 years experience is obviously going to have a much better chance of becoming a surgeon if they keep all that experience and re-enroll in university. That doesn't mean it doesn't require some luck to become a surgeon the first time round. Ludwig was relying on endless resources he only had because he had already succeeded to make the channel and video he did. Starting from the ground floor and surviving long enough to get sufficient skill to make something good on YouTube is no easy feat, and there are endless things that can bump you off your path that you need to be lucky enough to dodge. But you can probably imagine how if you personally had Ludwig mentor you to make content, your chances of success would massively increase as it would in any field gaining a mentor who is a master of the craft. But not everyone is lucky enough to get a mentorship with Ludwig as his new channel effectively received. YouTube constantly promotes small videos, even if the amount of space they give to them is limited relative to the size of the platform. And I have seen many small channels pop off or individual videos blow up. I actually keep a collection of them, should I ever want to use them for a video. YouTube even now has particular places small videos tend to be shown, third down on the right hand side bar for example. YouTube has an invested interest in finding new talent, it is just a really hard thing to do given the insane amount of content that is uploaded. I just wish Ludwig hadn't wrapped testing the viability of new channels in the very limited capacity he did, with philosophical claims about the nature of how success is achieved, and I wish his original test wasn't done so very poorly. I guess the silver lining will always be inspirational stories like yours, but I suppose we will never know the portion of people who did exactly as you did, but failed miserably. I do think as you do, that a great video on a new channel can get somewhere. But I do know for certain that videos on already established channels are given far more reach than new ones. I have uploaded similar videos on a new channel and an established one and received a quarter of the views. The growth of the video isn't just about how good the video is. Ludwig found this out when he uploaded a Mr. Beast video to his channel, having it receive 12 million views, when any video on Mr. Beast's channel gets 50 plus million. Failing to succeed on YouTube shouldn't be reduced to a skill issue, nor should those who gained success be suggested to have only got it because of their hard work. There are endless hardworking talented people on the site who will just never be in the right place to make something algorithmically viable. But at least it does seem like YouTube does give people a chance to get somewhere. So yeah, if you want to go watch that video, JHXC64, Obviously, my brief summary does not do it justice. And to some degree, I am just repeating some of the thoughts that I had in that original video. But that is something that distracted me from getting food before I started the stream. So it, it has relevance to you. Answering your most interesting questions. Do I plan to go to the LTX Expo? Or are you planning to create a DVX, D Dark Vibe Expo? To that second question, no. The size you need to be at and the amount of people you need to have working for you, organizing that kind of stuff to make sense, is insane. Like... Will LTX Expo make money for Linus Tech Tips, for those who don't know what that is? I can't speak to that, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're just trying to break even or something. Like, I don't think this is a, a money maker for them necessarily. At least in terms of the event itself, obviously making a bunch of connections with a bunch of content creators and putting your name out there and having everyone talk about it. Like, there's a lot of benefits you can have from running such an expo, but as I say, requires a lot of effort, logistics contacting a lot of people and that's not something I have any interest in. Do I have an interest in going myself? It's more of a tech thing, so not really. Being in Australia and being 16 hours from anywhere, like I've never flown anywhere internationally. I've never even been to New Zealand, which even, even New Zealand is like a four hour flight or something, three to four hours. Like there's a convention in Sydney coming up and even then I'm like, do I really want to go to that? Like maybe. I'm not a big convention guy and international travel just makes that even less likely. And I don't think I'm particularly related to uh, the, the tech side of uh, YouTube. And plus, Linus probably doesn't like me, which sucks, but I'd like to do. But uh, that little drama we had, whatever, it's, it's probably not led to him having a high opinion of me. Have you claimed your silver play button for the Clips channel? And do you intend to claim it for your VODs and Rambles content? 
Of course. Downstairs on my wall, as you'll eventually see when I do a house tour, like a billion years from now, there is my gold play button and my two silver play buttons. In fact, how I put them on my wall, I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to situate them to have the other two, but I hope to get the other two eventually. While subscribers are not the most important thing in terms of long-term success of your channel, once you hit 100,000 subscribers, it feels like your channel is something. Like, it is a number that people will look at and go, okay, you exist in the space. And so I am looking forward to my VOD channel and my Rambles channel reaching that milestone and of course getting the actual plaques, but being able to look at it and go, yeah, this is done well. So in fact, my VOD channel is not doing all that great right now. Its growth has become stagnant, which isn't that surprising because the content that goes on it is so amazingly varied. Endless different games and due to the nature of the content, it's only going to appeal to a small portion of my viewers anyway. It, that it is old and it's fairly unedited. But the Rambles channel, I think, is doing better and has the potential to grow and grow and grow. Especially when the content starts being more topical, like it doesn't uh, take so long to get, get out. Like right now, some of the content coming out is still two weeks old. And sometimes when I know I have a important ramble that I've just done, I'll say... Regario, look at this more recent footage and, and put this out as soon as possible. But when we get to the point where within, say, five days, anything I say is, is coming out, or potentially, like, within a day or two, my talking, talking about current events is coming out, that will certainly help the channel a lot as well. With that being said, the Rambles channel still is only getting, like, between 20 and 40,000 views a, a video, whereas on the main channel, it was between, like, 40 and 80,000. The only reason why the Rambles channel is getting more views than the Rambles on the main channel were back in the day is because there's more videos on the Rambles channel. Any time I speak for, say, eight minutes about a topic, it becomes its own video on the Rambles channel. And so that counts for more views. So the videos are getting less views, but they're, the quality of them is better and there's more of them. I not only collect silver play buttons, but I also collect likes and subscriptions. So if you'd help me out by giving me some of those, I'd appreciate it. Thank you for watching, and I wish you all the best.